Welcome to Tag Talk. I'm Kylie. That's Haley. That's Gangrel. And we are the brood. <laughs> <laughs> Can I take these glasses off now? Woo! Hi, guys. Fancy seeing you. I'm sweating. I'm so sweaty. I'm in long sleeves. It's 90 degrees outside. I have a very heavy wig. Um... But it's Halloween. We got our special Halloween setups. Haley made this beautiful Halloween background. And we're dressed up as the brood on Edge's birthday. Yes. You know what today. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm Christian. Haley is Edge. And the old man behind Haley volunteered to be Gangrel. Um, so we're the brood. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling as Edge? I'm feeling great. You know, this, this wig was giving me some issues before we went live and this like muscle suit is so much <laughs> Haley's wearing a full suit of muscles well, I'm, I'm not because Christian's a little leaner and I got my ruffled shirt all like Fabio style oh. <laughs> Edge just turned on Gangrel um, we got our, we're not going to wear the glasses the whole time though because to be honest they give me a headache um but listen, is going crazy right now. We one upped ourselves from last year. If you were watching last year, I was both of the young bucks, and <laughs> Haley was Hangman Page, and it, it was pretty incredible. We one upped ourselves this year. I went a little bit more minimalistic with my background this year. Still Halloween vibes. Haley, the was the old man here last year? He was. He had his Hangman Ranch shirt on last year. Hmm. Return of the Old Man. I really wanted to go all out with my costume, so I'm like in full edge cosplay. You guys can't see my pants, but I literally have his tights on. We've been planning this since August. (laughs) It's been a long time. We really wanted to do better than we did last year. Not that last year was bad, but like we're. This is inc- pretty incredible. Uh, you, this is the only time you'll see me in a wig, and probably the only time Haley will ever wear that muscle suit. I'm, I'm sweating so bad. It is so hot and sweaty <laughs> right now. I have a salt lamp for ambiance, so does Haley. Mm-hmm. And ugh, this wig is going to be the death of me. But we're going to talk wrestling as the brood. It's going to be a great time. Haley, we've gotten some super chats. So I'll I know I was just about you. to get there. Um, we have a super chat from Ryan. Excuse me, I'm like <laughs> dying of thirst right now. Ryan, uh, where does the ghost go on vacation? Malibu. 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 I, love that. I love that that implies that Malibu, California is home to millions and millions of vacationing ghosts. I if you're in Malibu. Know. That's Maybe. a Malibu vibe. Maybe when I, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the Malibu ghosts. <clears throat> we also have a super chat from Jackie. Uh, super chat from blowing my mind with these costumes. Better than I could have ever hoped for. Haley is jacked. Oh, look at When Haley told me that she, she was getting that. I swear they're there. She, well, you had to because Edge is... He's shirtless, and I was like, I can't yeah. show up to tag talk without a shirt on. Like, I'm not trying to get the channel banned. So I, I got a tank top, but I was like, I look like goth Tristratus, so I had to get the muscles in. 
I lucked out. Christian just has this like roughly vampire shirt, and so does Gangrel. So me and the old man matching twinsies. Uh, oh, this wig is gonna annoy me to death, but I do it for you guys because I love tag talk. Uh, listen, should we just get into it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, if you want your question, your comment, your statement right on air, make sure to submit a super chat. Um, what later on in the show, we're going to be talking about AW's tag division, so that will be our scary portion of the Halloween episode. <laughs> Very scary, <laughs> but we're going to start it off a little bit softer, a little bit nicer, and we're going to talk about Chelsea and Piper and Chelsea Green being absolutely incredible. Also, Jace, before we do that, Jason in the chat says, You should have found a gothic turtleneck, Kylie. <laughs> I was, listen, I did think about doing turtleneck Christian, but the brood vibe is just Halloween vibes he doesn't scream halloween to me yet he could um start talking to people's dead dads and then he will but as of right now the brood i was gonna also do like blood and stuff but i didn't know if we would get demonetized and kicked yeah. off of youtube so we didn't do any blood i did do red lipstick though that's your blood um anyway back to wrestling chelsea and piper Haley, thoughts yes so first of all i absolutely love chelsea i think we've talked about chelsea and Piper, like, maybe one other time on the show. Um, I just, I really love Chelsea, though. And I love what she's been doing with the tag titles, you know, since Sonia, unfortunately, got injured. She's really kind of taken a new approach to it. Um, and I don't know, I love it. I love the way she utilizes social media to, you know, get the act over. Especially, like, this beef with Natalia that's going on right now. And, like, the whole, like, Cardona thing. Like, I absolutely love it. I think Chelsea is incredible. She's, in my opinion, one of the best uh, re-signings that WWE mm -hmm. has uh, made. And I'm so excited that her and Piper are finally defending these titles in NXT. Um... You know, I'm unsure about if they're going to win or lose. Um, but I feel like because it's their first defense, like, can they really afford to lose? But I would also love to see um, Thea Hale and uh, JC win. I think that would be cool. But what do you think about the state of women's tag teams and in, in WWE specifically? Because I... For the last like few months, I think we've been on Tag Talk and we've said that the women's tag division is really suffering. There's not a lot of talent. There's not a lot of like thought and effort put into it. Do you think this is a turning point? I want to say, I want to say yes. Um, I feel like especially with the effort that's been kind of put into NXT recently, I feel like we see a ton of women on screen over there, tons of matches. Um, so I want to say yes, especially with, you know, like I said, the way that Chelsea has been, you know, able to take an unfortunate circumstance and really, I guess, make <laughs> lemonade out of lemons. Um, I, I don't know. I, I hope so. Uh, you know, I think we need more, uh, women's tag teams and, and I think, we can do it and i think wwe can do it it's just a matter of will they <laughs> will they put the effort in that's the big question i also think piper has been doing a lot better i think mm 
Uh, I think both Chelsea and Piper were casualties of like the Vince McMahon WWE yeah. um, in different ways, but I think very much so they kind of got um, dug into a hole that they're like slowly crawling out of. But I really do enjoy them. And I think Piper especially has redemption is not the right word because Piper did not need to redeem herself in any way. That whole do drop like thing though was oh. And but she, then, like, that wasn't her doing. No, and she was such a, like, a good sport about it. Like, it wasn't my favorite, but, you know, I'm happy that she got rebranded as herself again. <laughs> She's actually Piper, which I think yeah. I think she should have been the whole time. I I wasn't a Dewdrop hater, but I hated the name Dewdrop, and I hated yeah. sort of everything that came with it, all the, um, the booking decisions that were made. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy about this. Whether it lasts, I don't know. I think the rest of the women's division, there's been some really questionable choices made that I'm not sure I vibe with entirely. But I I mean, if anybody's going to make it happen, it's Chelsea. Whether that's, you know, this women's tag division or whether it's Chelsea just trying to weather the storm as a singles competitor, whatever it is, I think this generation of wrestlers that, who use social media like this, like Chelsea, like the Young Bucks, like Matt Cardona, I think that they're like the cream that rises to the top. Social media and how you present yourself outside of programming now is just as important as how you um, are in the ring and in promos and all that kind of stuff because fans are just so plugged in. They they know everything about your life. They see your content, w- w- whatever you make. And Chelsea's not the only one like this. I think Natty is another one who social media has become so integral to her brand and her getting a message across that she wants um, training people uh, as sort of the veteran that she is. And also her like personal life as just natty. I think social media could be great. Whether WWE cares about people who are great at social media. I don't know. I think AW is the same way. I think there's people like Nyla Rose and AW who are really, really great on social media and have a huge following on social media. And that doesn't necessarily translate to AW programming. I think this is kind of the same way. Um, are the muscles bothering you? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to find like a comfortable way to sit. And right now it's like pushing this. Up. They're so, they're so big. <laughs> You're like more jacked than edge. I know. And I was trying to find one that was like, not like super like padded. So it's like he's not like like big and like muscly. Like, I love it. I really do. It's kind of incredible. Um, but back to the social media thing. Um, I actually feel like it's really benefited Chelsea too. Um, because I feel like they kind of take note of the response that she gets, and you know, because before I feel like she wasn't getting nearly as much. TV time as she was, whether it's wrestling or in backstage promos or whatever. Um, but I feel like that's really kind of upped itself recently. And I feel like, like we've said, social media is a big part of that. I 100% agree. Jason in the chat says, um, am I the only one who's feeling off seeing Kylie with this hair color wig? I'm feeling off. I don't recognize myself. It's driving me crazy. She sent me a picture earlier, and she was like, it's way longer than I thought it was. It really, like, I I guess this is just slightly longer than Christian's hair was Mm -hmm. back then. But it's a lot, 
It's a lot longer than I'm used to. I normally keep my hair kind of short. Um, so this is kind of a lot for me. I know. Uh, Maria Graciela says they look more like breast implants than muscles. I swear. It's the angle, I think. I swear. has some really good pictures that she's going to post after yeah. after the show. Um, and then I I'll take her to spoil it. Well. So I figured I'd yeah. save it. We wanted to keep y'all guessing. We wanted to save our pop, you know? Wait, that's kind of better. Uh, it's good. It's, you, can you flex? Do you like can a bicep flex? Hold on, wait. Give us one of these. The muscle, but like they're like, oh, they, they like the top is too big. So oh, like, hold it, mm. but like, can you see? <laughs> it's yeah. it's giving. Um, I almost said something horrible. I'll okay. say that. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, <laughs> we knew this was gonna be chaos. Uh, we've we've been on. We so we were in the studio for like thirty minutes before we went live. Just trying to get our backgrounds right, trying to get like our costumes right. Um, it's been it's been a long time coming, so I hope you guys are grateful. Yes. Uh, yes, this is Brood Edge and Christian and Gang Growl. Give him his flowers. Look at him yeah, over there. Look, look, I put a lot of effort into that. <laughs> Haley, listen, he was in the attic and Haley wasn't gonna go get him. And I was like, no, he we need him. We I need do not like out. going into my creaky, nasty attic, but I did it just for tag talk. Anything for tag talk. Anything for you guys. Should we get to the scary part of this episode? <laughs> yeah. Spooky story. Very spooky. Um, very spooky. AW's tag division. What the heck? That's that's my question. That should have been the title of this episode. <laughs> so the Young Ducks won that like challenge anytime for the tag yeah, title. The number thing. one contenders thing. Yeah. And then they haven't acknowledged it. They haven't done anything with it. They're doing like six man stuff with Hangman, which is fun and good and great. But meanwhile, the tag champs, Ricky Starks and Big Bill, are defending against FTR. And now they're embroiled in some weird like multi team faction war. With, like, every team on Collision. So it's, like, LFI. And it's House of Black. And it's... What is going on? <laughs> I... Listen. And I remember... When was this? Like, August? When we were, like, you know, like, they really need the Young Bucks back in the tag division. We were so excited that they were coming back. And, you know, it was an opportunity to help a lot of the younger teams that they have, you know kind of get time and get reps in the ring and whatever i'm so confused now <laughs> because yes so they re-entered the tag division for like a minute and so now they're doing uh roh uh six-man stuff with hangman like you said so now they're tied up in that and like the trios division is a mess the tag division is a mess like what are we doing the only thing that isn't a mess is the singles division and yeah. half, of, half of the men in the singles division right now are tied up with MJF. <laughs> Listen, I do enjoy this MJF. Everybody's gunning for him. And he's, for like the first time ever, he's alone but doesn't want to be. Like he wants yeah. Adam Cole to be there. So I like that story because I've been saying for years that I think MJF needs like a something. Character development somehow. So I like that. But the Young Bucks 
not doing more to be like, like they should be strutting around like, oh, we could come for you anytime. Right. Like we could come get you. Like we're the young bucks. We're the best ever. And they won that match. And then it's like, it's it almost like nothing. they think that it's not a big deal. They're just kind of like, yeah, we're here. And like Ricky Starks and Big Bill, I, I'm i warming up to them being champions because I do think it's a good opportunity for them both. I don't know this whole situation where the, – so the Young Bucks lose at Wembley. And then FTR loses to Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And then it's like the Young Bucks win that thing. And somehow, like, it's just so out of line that Young Bucks FTR cannot be possible. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got so distracted by the chat like, while you were talking. Who said I, something? I looked at myself and I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Should I put my glasses back on? Yeah. Okay. I can't see absolutely anything, so. Um, but yeah, and I. You know, I don't know that I necessarily wanted to see FTR versus the Young Bucks again, like, so soon after we just saw it. So I was looking forward to, you know, getting a fresh match, mash up, match up, I cannot speak today, with Ricky and um, Big Bill. But, like, now that's maybe happening, maybe not happening, I don't know. And I'm happy that the House of Black is back. And I'm happy that LFI is finally doing something that isn't just vignettes. And you know what? I'm enjoying the Christian stuff with Nick Wayne and everything going on there with Edge. And like, I like the factions in AEW. And the weirdest thing is I like all, like most of the factions, but I don't like really what any of them are doing. Like the, the acclaimed in MJF, that's for a specific subset of AEW fans who are, who know, what that story is who are aware of like the years of of max caster like flirting with mjf and doing the whole thing um but i mean i don't think it needs this many weeks of like dedicated television to it it's fun but mjf has hobbs wardlow like a million people gunning for him and he's not the only thing he's really... I mean, he did the Kenny Omega match, which was excellent, by the way. All of you should go watch that Kenny Omega match. Um, but he's not, like, engaging with the acclaimed. And they're just kind of... The acclaimed are just following him around. And, and they're not doing anything but that. Yeah. Oh, and then Ric Flair is in AW now. Thank you for the reminder. Listen, okay. So... <laughs> so... I want to say this was like two weeks ago, or maybe it was like last week. I don't know. I have no concept of time. Regardless, Ric Flair had said something about like wanting like one last match or whatever. And then when Sting announced that he was retiring Revolution, it popped back into my head. And I was like, no way is Ric Flair going to show up in this company and do this. And I said that in my head. And then I saw him come out and I was like, I hate my life. <laughs> I So they built it up. Like, Tony Khan has a surprise a present for Sting. They really built it up. And we get to the show. And he's out there with Tony Schiavone and Darby Allin. And his surprise is Ric Flair. Which was I surprised, yes. But not in a good way. No. It was like... 
it was I wanted to turn my internet off. Not even my TV, not my computer, my entire internet. <laughs> Ric Flair has no business being in AEW. And it's for me, it's not even really an age thing because there I feel like there are wrestlers who get older and acknowledge they're getting older and they do other things. Uh, and they can still wrestle a certain way, and it's fine. Like, age of wrestlers doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is, will they die in the ring? And are they a good person? Yeah, from a moral standpoint, I'm like, I don't understand. And especially after all of the talk that Tony was doing on Twitter a few weeks ago, to bring Ric Flair in seems a little... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It really doesn't. Especially because now you have Sting on his retirement tour. And now Darby is like third wheel to the Ric Flair Sting love fest. And Darby is like one of AW's biggest homegrown stars. So I don't really... I don't really understand the logic here. Especially because it seems like Ric Flair is going to stick around. And he said that? And I was like, please don't. Till what what was it like March? Yeah. He said, uh, if you'll let me, I would like to stick around um until March or yeah. To me, and like I understand if you're a fan of Ric Flair because he is he's he's done a lot of good for for wrestling in terms of like the feuds he's had and all kind of stuff, but he's also a garbage person. Um one of the best things he's done is, you know, raising his daughter, Charlotte Flair, who is much better in a lot of ways. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like Ric Flair being there taints Sting's retirement run for me. Like, it poisons it. I agree. Sorry, I saw we got in Super Chat, so I want to read it before we continue. I think it's from Doc, yeah. Um, did Rick come with a gift receipt? You know, I hope so. I hope so. All this money that they're probably paying Ric Flair to be there. And genuinely, Ric Flair will always have fans. Just like Vince McMahon will always have fans. And Tony Khan will always have fans. And it's just, when you're a major personality, you'll just always have fans. It's just, when you're controversial, you'll always have fans. It's just how it is. But I'm not sure how many AW fans actually care. That Ric Flair is going to be there for a long time. Like a one-time pop is one thing. But like do people really care? And this is a really good point. Um, Ryan said I hate to give her credit. But Kate said it best. Even if you can separate the work from the worker. The work sucks now. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I feel like his one last match was just. It wasn't great. Like honestly he should have stayed retired. That match that he had with Sean was. More than perfect, a perfect send off. He didn't need to come back <laughs> and taint it. He really did not. Um, and I feel like for him, he's somebody that just like doesn't know how or when to like turn it off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so. Yeah. Well, there's there's certain wrestlers who they wrestle for so long. When they're old and they retire, they don't know how to live without it. It's like a lonely feeling. Yeah, and some wrestlers are able to adapt. Like some become coaches or trainers or managers and they adapt. Uh, but there's some who just they just crave being their prime again. And it's yeah. sad. But 
Ric Flair has no business being in a ring. Uh, whether he's going to do anything in AW, I don't know. But he has no business being there. He has no business being attached to Sting when Sting is like a major babyface for AEW. And he, now you bring in Ric Flair, which their history, I know it. You don't need to lecture me on it. People were mansplaining it to everybody on Twitter a few days ago. We get it. There's history. But Sting could have had a really great retirement tour, running it down with, you know, all the people he's wanted to wrestle. You could bring, there's other people that Sting has been involved with that are not this controversial. And it would have been fine. But and now, sending it with Darby would have been perfect. Yeah, and now you have Ric Flair here who, let's be honest, he picked up that microphone and it was not great. His, Listen, but you want to know what was great? <laughs> Christian. <sighs> Listen, I think I, I, I might have tweeted it. I might have texted it to Haley. I don't remember. But I was literally like, oh, the savior is here to save this. Like, he is really going to save us from this Ric Flair promo. And he did. That pacemaker comment is still living in my head, run free. Like I, he was unloading, and I love him for it. <laughs> Christian, this is like the best run of Christian's career, hands down. Not even the Brood tops it. Uh, and I love that, despite being so despicable and saying awful, horrendous things, fans are still excited to see him. And I love that in a situation where Ric Flair and Sting are reuniting in the ring, people are still like, oh, thank God it's Christian. Yeah. I was great in that segment, Jason. I killed it. And like, do you remember a couple weeks ago, um, or it was when uh, Sting was announcing um, that he would be retiring, and he brought up Ric Flair and the whole crowd booed. <laughs> and then a week later, they bring it to the company. <laughs> like, and I just don't understand it because, like, I don't think I don't think you get much value out of Ric Flair. No. There's certain legends that you can bring back, and they bring a lot, like Sting. They bring a lot because Sting can still do stuff. Sting is still excellent on the mic. He still has a good head on his shoulders, and he's freaking Sting. So bringing him to AW was a home run. Um but Ric Flair, like, I struggle, besides, like, the history with Sting, I struggle to see what he, like, brings to the table. Like, wh- what is he bringing that's worth overlooking all the horrific things he's done in the past? I don't I don't get it. I really don't. And are we going to get, like, Tagstone with Andrade? <laughs> because I can't do it. They need if they need to keep Andrade far away from this little situation. They have. Like, keep him over there. Listen, if this if this weird collision faction war is what it takes to keep Andrade away from Ric Flair, I'm here for it. I'll, I'll let you do anything, keep it but there. that it's just so unlike Tony Khan to bring someone in for with no clear reason. Like every legend legend that he's brought in, I've understood why they're there. Like, JR, despite, like, you know, his issues and the issues people have with him, I know why JR's there. I know why Sting is there. I know why Arn Anderson is there. I know why Tully was there. Like, Ric Flair, though, what is he bringing? He's not going to manage anybody because he can't cut a promo anymore. His brain's not there. Like, he's just... So I, 
to satisfy Ric Flair and like make him feel better about himself? I don't know. I really don't. But this segment was not good until Christian came in. And Christian is really carrying a lot of weight for AW right now, especially with Moxley still being kind of on the shelf. Kenny Omega floating, doing God knows what, wrestling MJF and then getting distracted by Don Callis for the 50th time in his life. It's like, I don't understand. I'm so confused. It's so scary to think about AEW. So many things that are happening right right now. And no pun intended, happy Halloween. Like, they're, they're digging their grave in a lot of ways. And you know what bothers me more? And we say it all the time. And I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it until something changes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw somebody had put together numbers for all of the... Um, like matches and like segments that women were featured in on uh, AW and NXT and stuff this week. AW didn't even have 30 minutes total across all shows. And it's like, instead of Ric Flair being there, like, you know, we could have another women's match. And like, obviously that wasn't this week, but still my point stands. <laughs> yeah. But there are other things that we could be doing. Yeah, Chris in the chat mentions uh, Sky Blue joining the House of Black. I'm interested in the Sky Blue Willow story of Sky Blue turning dark and uh, because of Julia. I'm interested in that. I wish it got more good TV time in a good time slot where this other Ric Flair stuff is happening. Um, and then we saw Abaddon back. I was happy mm-hmm. to see Abaddon back. I love Abaddon. Um, and I wish that they would be featured more on AEW than just at Halloween time. Um, yeah. I wonder if I wonder if they were were injured or something else was going on. I don't really know. Uh, but Abaddon was back, which it was a fun match. I was happy to see them. Um, Sheeta is doing good things as champion, despite what people are saying on Twitter. Sheeta is a great champion, a great representative of AEW. Uh, of course, Tony Storm is doing incredible things and getting all the time that she deserves because each stuff. <laughs> I love this Tony Storm character, uh, but the tag division is a train wreck. No clue what's happening there. Like Ricky Starks and Big Bill don't have any direction for full gear, uh, unless it's the Young Bucks and they're going to last minute swoop in and it's going to be uh, so annoying and really just. I'm going to yeah, lose my mind. We're two weeks out from full gear now. And the Young Bucks are a team that, like, you know, we don't usually get this a lot. Like, we, we usually get substantial stories being built. And, like, obviously, it is kind of a built-in story. Like, they've won the number one contenders match. But still, like, it doesn't feel like it when they're when they're doing, you know, six-man stuff with Hangman instead. And they're kind of, like, on their own island. Yes. Instead of doing tag team stuff. And I understand that this sto- and people were talking about it on Twitter. They're like, well, the story is that they could challenge when and whenever, wherever they want. So, like, the story is built in. And sure, I get it. There's something really fun about a Money in the Bank style run in. But the Young Bucks have not acknowledged that they have this, you know, get out of jail free card. They seems like they don't care. It seems like AW doesn't care. It seems like almost the AW wants us to forget that that happened. So it's not that the Young Bucks are swooping in Money in the Bank style at full gear, you know, after Ricky and Bill squash someone. Like, I, 
that would be fine, I guess. But it's the fact that you position the young bucks to be these like fearful, like challengers who overcame the odds, won the stupid match. And now they're like, Oh, we just wanted to win so that we could prove we could. <laughs> right. Is that what the story is? I don't get it. I really don't. And I, I like the hung bucks as the ROH six man champs. Um, Cause I think that's a lot of fun. What I don't love is that AW introduced this thing to us and then threw us a curveball with the FTR loss, which was fine. But now we are in a position where we're almost at a pay-per-view and the tag division doesn't have like a clear direction. The trios doesn't have a clear direction. The world champion has a match, but he has like 50 other challengers already lined up. The women's world world title well, has and it was announced that he's doing um on the like pre-show thing, he has like a tag match. Oh yeah, he's he's also ROH tag team champions, defending it on his own because his tag champ, uh co-tag champ is injured. And they're just gonna keep feeding MJF tag teams, I guess. I hope that he gets a partner. They cannot afford to squash. It needs to be Roddy. Yeah, they can't afford to like do that to the guns. They just can't. <laughs> like, like Roger Strong should have wrestled with MJF first against the Righteous. There's no reason why you spent so long building up the Righteous just to feed them to MJF like that. And secondly, you cannot just keep MJF winning world title matches, winning tag matches on his own, and he's just going to run through two separate divisions for funsies. Like what? What's the end goal? Like I really don't see the end goal. And I think that's another thing. I wanted to talk about this. Um, what was it last week? And then a whole lot of stuff happened last week, you guys, and we just ended up not filming. I'm so sorry. Um, but I wanted to talk about kind of like the ROH integration in AEW, and you know, because I feel like it's not something that we talk about a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that I feel like angers the both of us Um, because I don't know. I just feel like, especially with the hung bucks, like I really wanted them to win the six man championships, but then it's like, they're also in the AEW tag team division. And so like, they can't split their time. They're not defending the six man titles really, unless it's on AEW television. Like it just, I don't like that ROH feels the way it feels. A hundred percent. I just want to address a couple people in the chat has said that it does say MJF will have an, a mystery partner. I know, but MJF has been adamant that he doesn't want a partner. That's what I'm getting at. That he doesn't want to team with anybody. Um, but they could force him to team with someone, but I mean... That's a different thing. That's a different thing. I don't like the idea that MJF has the option to defend the titles on his own. Um, and then also, yeah... Not doing any of this on Ring of Honor TV sucks. Ring of Honor TV, the highlight of it is Athena. She's carrying Honor Club. The whole show. The rest of it is kind of hot garbage, if we're being honest. And then Athena doesn't get to cross over into AEW. But the rest of ROH does, and it's just AEW. And Billy Starks, too. Like, that whole thing. Like, I... I don't know. I really don't get it, because the women's division in in Ring of Honor, there's a lot there that... I think would do really great on AWTV. I think Athena, I think Mercedes and Diamante, 
I think especially Billy Starks. And I don't understand why that is ROH stuff. But the rest can just be AW stuff. The Hungbucks can be AW stuff. MJF can be AW stuff. I mean, we do know why, but it's it's nonsensical in so many ways. Um, especially like when people want Athena to be like women's wrestler of the year. Yeah. Like Athena's I mean, putting on great matches. And ROH, when it first like when they first started weekly shows again, it seemed for a while it was gonna be its own legitimate entity, its own promotion with its own people and all that stuff. But slow that's very slowly faded away till now it's just Athena. And some other stuff that's happening that's kind of boring. And I don't know why you keep having ROH on Collision or Dynamite when the actual ROH is suffering. I really don't get it. Right. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm so over it. And it's just every week I feel like it just angers me more and more. Um especially when like half of the champions like you said are featured on AEW and they're not defending the titles in Ring of Honor at all they don't really appear like it just it doesn't make any sense to me it just it, I don't get it at all and I don't know like I don't know what the future of Ring of Honor is um I mean AEW's TV streaming is coming up and there's been like no announcement or hints at what their next deal is um so I don't know if ROH is going to get canned, and maybe that's why. I don't know if they're going to reimagine ROH as like a, a training ground. I don't really know, but it, it was really, really fast how it went from its own distinct promotion to what it is now. Um, Light, AW Light, yeah. I think it kind of reminds me of Dark when there would be like Dark exclusive storylines that were only on Dark. And what a slap in the face to Ring of Honor, though. Yeah. And, you know, how much that means to not just the fans, but so many people on that roster. Just to see it deteriorate the way it is, it's just, it angers me. It really does. And, on like, there's, on one hand, I understand AW needs somewhere to train people. Uh, that's one of the things, like, you're going to start losing more Jade Cargills to WWE if they don't have a place to train. And, like, training in the ring before a Dynamite or a Collision is not training. Like, it's just not a thing. They need reps. So, AW does need an NXT in some ways. Um, and I understand that it's hard now with Collision being there to do all these shows. But Tony Khan can delegate and ROH can be its own thing and you can have fun with it. And occasionally you can have the Hung Bucks go to ROH and be champs for a while and clear up a spot in AEW TV and cycle them back. Like, WWE is doing that with NXT. And it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And it's like, on on one hand, I feel like that's what AEW was trying to do, but backwards. Mm -hmm. They're just bringing, like, non-human elements of ROH and putting them on humans <laughs> in AW and acting like it's a Clara the crossover. And it's just, I don't know. And like the tag division in ROH, there's nobody besides MJF. Really? I mean, there was the righteous, but hello. Good night. Aussie Open was there very briefly and then they... Aussie Open is now, I'm just, I mean, Kyle Fletcher's doing like single stuff, but Ozzy Open is on the shelf because of uh, Mark's injury. 
um, who else was in ROH? Of the Kingdom, they're now AW, solid AW. They're mixing it up with the world champion. So I don't know. Um, and the AW tag division is not any better. <laughs> it really isn't. And like there is really, really fun, good stuff in AW that makes me watch every week. Um, I really enjoy Kenny Omega. And especially this Kenny Omega that's now trying to like not win titles, but to like help the industry. Like he's explicit that he wants to wrestle young people and really help people have these like great five-star matches. Um, which I'm totally here for. I I like Takeshita. Don't like the Don Callis family, but I'll accept it for now. Um, I like Sheeta. I like Tony. I like so many things in AW, but it's like we're at a point now where there's so many just issues and weird decisions made that I can't really figure out where the balance is anymore. I just feel like there isn't a balance. There isn't. Um, we had a super chat if you want to pull that up. Oh, I see it. Uh, Will says, I remember how happy we were when Tony got Ring of Honor, but now I don't know what it is now. The only thing good is our great ROH Women's Champion. Exactly. Everybody was so hyped that he bought it and he was going to, you know, bring, breathe new life into Ring of Honor and look at it. Because Ring of Honor, I don't know if you guys remember, they were done. Yeah. They, clo- they had um, that final battle and then it was people were saying, oh, we don't know what the future's like for Ring of Honor, but, I mean, most of us concluded Ring of Honor's done and did not survive the pandemic uh, and the post-elite era. But Tony saved it, and, like, for me, as a Ring of Honor fan, someone who's watched Ring of Honor for, you know, years and years and years, I was super excited, because I was like, okay, Tony Khan does wrestling, or was doing wrestling, in a way that I really enjoyed. And there's a lot of people who are ROH veterans in AEW. So this could be really good. And it was good. And, I mean, we got the FTR versus the Briscoe series, which was excellent. We got Athena. We got the rise of Billy Starks. Like, there's so many great things that happened in Ring of Honor. But now it's, it almost seems like there's no effort put into it. That it's just, they're just filling the time. And that's that. I, I don't really, I don't really know what the direction is. And I... I put it down to AWTV. I don't I think there's I don't think there's too much AWTV, but I think coupled with, you know, I mean there's Dynamite Rampage Collision and now Ring of Honor. I think it's too much. Yeah, I think it's too much to do alone and you know, he he Tony does have people there that are helping him with things backstage. I just, I don't know. Like, if I feel like at this point, like he needs somebody to strictly do Ring of Honor if he's going to focus on AEW. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I, I think even Collision somewhat is losing its unique identity uh, for what it was, which it's feeling a little bit like, uh, I don't know. Rampage, Dynamite, I don't know. Yeah. But- Which I I was concerned about the brand split to yeah. begin with, so I get it. Um and I like that wrestlers cross between Wednesday and Saturday. But I 
you can't just start a show and be like, this is what Collision is going to be. And then be like, haha, psych. Uh, and the ratings for Collision are good. Like, people yeah. are enjoying Collision. But there's a lot of people now who have kind of fallen by the wayside because of that. Um, so I don't know what the solution is. I'm not a wrestling promoter. I'm not a booker. Um, so I don't know what the solution to all of this is. But I do think that Tony Khan needs to sit down and be like, what talent are our priority to keep? Make a list. And then figure out which talent you want to put in a developmental system. Not the Billy and Nick Wayne prodigies. Because they're you know, far beyond their years. Like, they're fine where they are. But the wrestlers who are sort of, like, struggling to gain a, an identity. And put them in ROH. Book it as its own promotion. And watch as they find themselves. You're, the issue is that, like, so many talent in AW are just cycling and cycling and cycling and never getting their footing or an identity or a sense of who they are as a wrestler because they're constantly asked to do something else. It's like Joey Janela is the best case study. Joey Janela came in. He's this hardcore guy. He's super cool. And then they're like, just kidding. You're actually going to be on dark and you're going to be goofy, which I liked. And you're going to wrestle with Sunny Kiss, which I liked. Let me yeah. just say that. And then that's going to be done. And then you're just going to be this random guy, Joey Janela, and there's going to be nothing unique or identifying about you. And we're not going to give you any time to do anything like there's cycling talent, rotating talent. And then there's what's going on in AW and the promotion is so young. It's only four years old and I get it. I love AW. I will be a lifelong AW fan. Don't get me wrong. But, like, some of this stuff is kind of scary, which is why it's fitting for a Halloween episode. <laughs> it is a little spooky, guys. It's like Tony Khan, like, I don't know. I don't think he's lost his passion, but I think he's lost the relationship he has with fans. Like, I think he's not reading fans like he used to. Yeah, and I feel like in a way it's kind of like the hardcore fans kind of feel like owes something to them and they're trying to like take over you know I saw somebody compare it I don't remember who it was I'm so sorry to whoever said this on Twitter but somebody compared it to um like 2011 Supernatural when like, oh I saw that fans were trying to take over like the show like and that was what it reminded them of and I was like you know what that's there's, fair there's <laughs> always going to be hardcores who are annoyed at everything you do and like fine because if you don't do it exactly the way they want yeah, if you don't do something exactly the way they want, they're going to say it's bad. Which, there's oh, they're always going to be there. But it's weird that, like, the casual AW fan, um, if there is such a thing, the AW fan who's not one of these, like, weirdo hardcores who just watches AW because they like it, it's weird that they're not getting anything, really, that they want. Um and if they if fans do get something they want, it's almost like a an apology <laughs> in a lot in some ways. It's like Tony Khan being like, "Sorry, I read it wrong." And Tony Khan spends a lot of time on Twitter, which it's his Twitter. I don't care. But is he not talk like seeing what fans are talking about? Like, is he not concerned about the women's division, the tag division, the trios division, the TNT title division, the TBS title division, everything but the world titles? 
And, and what about the non-title stuff? Like it's I, most of the time, I feel like it's very constructive too. Like it's not yeah. people coming from a bad place, but I feel like sometimes, like it's red is like an attack. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Fernando says Collision was affected by the punk mess. I do think CM Punk had some negative impact on the way AW was presented, just because of the logistics of booking two shows with two different identities with talent that couldn't couldn't cross over um and whatever else was going on i have no idea um but in that situation tony khan has all these businesses and you're telling me cm punk is the one who throws a complete wrench in this entire company really no tony khan was a made a bad business decision and then it escalated into multiple bad business decisions every week uh and now here's where aw is and i don't think aw's dead i don't think aw's dying but i do think that like for a while it felt like oh aw was so back and now it's puzzling yeah uh we got a super chat <clears throat> my throat hurts let's see well, we got one from Processing Podcast. Also, shout out the best. Uh, Will says Tony's booking has been weird to me lately, and then bringing in Ric Flair didn't help either. Yeah, I think yes, that's what, exactly think, what we said at the top of the show. Yeah, and I think when AW first started, fans had they were so excited and they had so much goodwill towards Tony Khan, which was actually goodwill towards the elite, if we're being honest. <laughs> that they were willing to overlook a lot of the weird, bad stuff from early AW. But now, we're at a point where it's like, we know it's Tony Khan. Uh, and we know that there's better stuff that could be done. And we've gotten to know all of the wrestlers that Tony Khan has showed us on AW. And it's harder and harder to overlook weird booking decisions. And now we're having all so many shows, so many pay-per-views. Um, so many TV specials or so much TV to watch. It's is it worth my time watching now? It's not, oh my god, I'm so excited for Dynamite, this exclusive show that I can only see once a week. Now it's like AW has taken not I don't want to say they've taken the fun out of it, but it's like I can miss a dynamite, I can miss a collision, I can miss a pay-per-view even, and I know that it's not a big deal. They're like, there's nothing really that exciting, which is why when people were fighting, I saw people fighting about whether MJF Kenny Omega should be on TV or whether they should have saved that for pay-per-view. It should be on TV. It's stuff like that that makes you want to watch TV. That's what made Collision can't miss is that match, not anything else that was happening on Collision. Um, but it's like Tony just books so repetitively in a pattern that you know exactly where you are in a story when you pick it back up again. Uh, so I don't know. I, I really don't know. Uh, Marie in the chat says the Miro and CJ story is weird. I enjoy it. Um, I like CJ being there. And I like that Miro is doing something. Um, for me, I just don't... I don't know where Tony Khan's taking it. And so I'm a little bit concerned. But other than that, I I enjoy her being there. I also want to talk about uh, Sunny really quick. 
um, Pro Wrestling Podcast said Sunny Kiss got a big pop in TNA. Not sure why that couldn't happen in AEW. Listen, mm-hmm. I love the stuff that um, Sunny was doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, on Dynamite, but also like the stuff with um, Kenny, and I really I like the Joey stuff too. Um, but I just I don't know. It, it just it it felt very like a wasted. Um, wasted talent and it sucks but i'm so happy um for sunny and i can't wait to see you know sunny thrive in tna um yeah i'm very happy also tna being back and being called tna is i'm excited about it i think i'm excited excited about about it i feel like impact has people always say oh impact is so good impact why is it anybody watch impact um but I really do feel like the TNA rebrand will be a new era and breathe some life into. And it's crazy that all it took was to change the name back for everybody, everybody to be like, "Wow, it's back!" Like wrestling. Well, well it's. I feel like the um, the media buzz about it got mm-hmm. people to look at. Okay, who's wrestling in TNA? Like who who's there now? What is it like? And they're seeing people they know who are there. Yeah. So I think that they're kind of excited about that. Um, I'm excited about it because I think it's a fresh start. Um, And I think that towards the end, TNA, before it became Impact again, there was a lot of bad stuff going on. And I think this is a good way to sort of like get back to your roots, but in a positive way. I think enough time has passed. So I'm excited about it. Um, And I think to go back to Sunny Kiss, there's so many weird things like that in AW where there's talent who fans love. And AW does nothing with them until they bring them back for like a little mini story and then they're gone again. And I, I don't know. I don't really understand what the logic is in doing that. I don't know like what metrics Tony Khan is looking at when he makes decisions about who gets pushed and who doesn't get pushed. I have no idea. Um, but what I do know is that AW needs to figure it out. They really do. Um, Especially if they're going to do, what was it, like 12 pay-per-views a year. If you're going to want me to watch a pay-per-view monthly and be invested in every pay-per-view cycle and not feel like these are all B-shows leading up to Full Gear or Revolution or Double or Nothing, uh, you got to fix the system. Like, it's a broken system. I agree. (sighs) My throat hurts. This is really getting... Um, I just can't find a way to sit. If you guys want to submit a super chat with your final thoughts, Haley and I will do our, our final thoughts and our plugs, and we'll wrap this Halloween special up. My head looks like it's floating right now. Like, I look like I have zero neck. Because it's like... <laughs> um, Haley, your final thoughts and your plugs. My final thoughts. I can't wait to get out of this. Um... <laughs> Um, but also I'm excited to see more of Chelsea and Piper. Um, I feel like that's something that is really keeping me invested (laughs) in, uh, wrestling right now. And I'm excited that it's in NXT. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like NXT is really going through like a blossoming period right now, especially for the women. It's really exciting. Um, yeah. I think that's it. My final thoughts. 
Uh, Fernando in the chat says, should Adam Copeland win the world championship anytime soon? Um, no. Jason also says, give Kyler here interview Tony Khan. Absolutely. There's no one more qualified to interview Tony Khan than me. That is a fact. <laughs> Tony Khan, let me interview you. I will get to the bottom of what is happening. Don't worry, guys. I'll do that for Tag Talk. Um, I... And I know that, like, we talked a lot about what we don't like about AEW, the show. And I just want to say, I do love AEW, and I do love tag team wrestling. And it is because I love tag team wrestling that I'm critical of AEW. All the people who call me an AEW shill, or I'm paid by Tony Khan, or all the other things that you say, just know that, that this is proof that it's not true. And I cannot wait to get this wig off. It is killing me. <laughs> it is tickling my arms. It's tickling my face. It is so bad. Um, yeah, that's my final thought. Um, Haley, your plugs. I literally can't see. Um, my plugs. Uh, I think my Twitter username is there. X, whatever. Uh, so you guys can follow me on Twitter slash X. I'm at Haley Ann underscore H-A-L-E-Y-A-A-A-N-N-E underscore. Uh, I also write nerdy things for Nerds and Beyond and like wrestling stuff. So you guys can check that out. Um, though I'm mostly doing like wrestling news these days, so you know. Uh, I also have a cookbook, it's called Eating the Indies, it's available on Amazon in Kindle and Hardback editions. Um, yeah, I have a Substack uh, called uh, The Wrestling Muse, it's it's been a little dead lately, um, but it's for possibly good reason. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's it. This wig is hurting my head. So yeah, my head feels like it's my brain all over my body. Like, my, like this is so heavy. It's such a workout. You can follow me on Twitter at Kylie Wrestling. Uh, I post everything I'm doing there. Um, if I'm on a show, if I'm doing something, it's there. I live tweet stuff. I complain about stuff. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Uh, this is Tag Talk. And this is on Fightful Overbooked. Fightful Overbooked has a lot of really good shows by a lot of really good people. And you guys need to be watching all of these shows. I We say it every week, but I feel like Fightful Overbooked is the place for a wacko insanity podcast. And you know what? This is a perfect example of that. So subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Like this video. Send us your thoughts, your comments. Also... I need you guys to go on Twitter, and I want to know, one, what you're being for Halloween, mm. what your Halloween plans are, and all that. And I want pictures of you in costumes. I want to see what you guys are dressing up as, whether it's wrestling or not. I want to see, because I freaking love Halloween. This is my holiday, and I, listen, I have this costume, and then I'm also um, with my sister on actual Halloween being... Um, characters from Yellow Jackets, if you guys know that show. It's such a good show. So that's what I'm being. So you tell me what you're being. Happy Halloween, Maria. Um, I am a Fightful Shill, King of the North. Thank you. <laughs> um, you don't have to be a parent to do anything for Halloween. I have no children, do not intend on having children. And I celebrate every Halloween. So hmm, maybe stop being grumpy. Happy <laughs> Halloween. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us for Fightful Over Shill. That should be the name of our channel. I'm going to make that my new little bio. <laughs> new little bio. Um, 
I, I freaking love Fightful Overbooked. I love everybody here. There's been times in my life where I am so sad. And it's the people at Fightful Overbooked and Kate and Sean. But mostly Fightful Overbooked who come in and they make me happy. So I love being here. Um, thank you guys so much for watching our Halloween special. This has been so much fun. Uh, I think it was better than last year's. I love my decorations. I love that my decorations did not fall. And I love that Haley is wearing a muscle suit the entire show. And I love the huge, just like creepily in the background. Being gang growl. Yeah. My throat hurts so bad right now, Haley. We got to <laughs> I talk so much. I don't know what it is. I'm like dying. Um, can we ban King of the North? <laughs> Why? What do you say now? Said I'm a child. I'm not a child. I will remind you that I am a solid 25 years old. Yeah, she is. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, oh, before we go, I do have to say, I feel like I have to say it because I'm in character, but <clears throat> beware, take care, because the freaks come out at night. Bye, guys. Uh -huh.